0: Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Thank you. Take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter four, and have your Bibles ready this morning because we're going to turn to a lot of scripture, more scripture than normal. But uh, it's the Word of God that helps us and strengthens us, and and uh, so be ready for that. Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four, verse. Let's start in verse twenty-one. <coughs> Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 21, the Bible says this, well, verse 20, but ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation or former way of life, that old man which is corrupt according to to the deceitful, deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. As we go into this new year, uh, I want us to think about uh, how we think think about the thoughts uh, that we allow to stay in our mind and uh, thinking right in 2019. So, as he says, you put off the old man, uh, out with the old, in with the new. How is that made possible? By a renewed mind. A renewed mind. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. We have a new way of thinking. The new way of thinking, to think like Christ or to think biblically or to think like the Bible is a totally different way than the natural way of thinking. Our natural thought process or the old way. He says thinking like Christ, being taught by Him in truth. It is Christ Jesus in us that... Uh, renews our mind. How does he do that? Through the power of the Holy Spirit of God in us, and he can do that. But then we have a, we have a choice of what we think about, what we allow our mind to be uh, to stay on. The thoughts that we keep in our mind. I think of the the passage in Philippians chapter four. Matter of fact, go there. Philippians chapter 4. You're in Ephesians. Just flip over to the next book. Philippians chapter 4. In verse 6. I don't know if you have any New Year's resolutions, but here's a good one. Be careful for nothing. You say, uh, what am I going to worry about? What am I going to be full of care about in 2019? Nothing. Be careful for nothing, but in everything. I like that. Don't be worried about nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God. Don't you want the peace of God this year? The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds, we're talking about thinking right, uh, through Christ Jesus. Finally, Brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely. If there be any, or whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what's it say? Think on these things. We have a choice what we think about. I think what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians he told them that we are to bring into captivity every thought. In other words, we have a choice. On what we think about, the thoughts want to be able to choose one thought from another. And as we go forward into this year, I believe that it's wonderful to know that by the power of Jesus Christ in us and His um, holy Spirit, that we can have a new line of thinking, a new path of thinking, uh, not that's corrupt, not that's deceitful, not that's fearful. And not that's unbelieving, that's the key. Not that's unbelieving. Um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, you don't have to turn there, but he says this, But if the gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, the God small g, that's right. the God of this world, hath blinded the minds of them that what? Believe not. What causes us to be blind from what is true? What causes us to be blind from what is reality, really? What is truth? The thing that blinds us and the thing that the enemy uses to blind us is unbelief. In other words... The thing that would make us see what is reality, the thing that would make us see what is true, the thing that would make us see what God would have us to see is simple what? Faith. Belief. Belief. Believing in God. Believing in Him. All of us, all of us here struggle. We have struggles. It's part of being human. However... Many of our struggles are just the way that we see the situations. Many of our struggles are honestly the way we think about it. Many of our struggles are as if we began to see it as God saw it. If we began to see it as the Word of God sees it. By faith and in faith. I'm not saying it still wouldn't be a struggle, but we would see the end of it. We would see the hope in it. We would see actually how God can get glory in it and through it. I think of the verses in Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus is teaching, and He says multiple times throughout this passage in Matthew chapter 6, take no thought, take no thought for tomorrow, Take no thought for last week's message. What was it? It wasn't taking a whole year on at it once. It's taking one. Day by day. Number our days. Let's number our days. Day by day. Take it today. Uh, seek the Lord today. And he says, No. take no thought. Take no thought for tomorrow. Take no thought for what you shall eat or drink. Take no thought for what you shall put on. Right? And he, goes, he goes, I'll take care of those things. The Lord said, I'll take care of those things for you. And then he says, because of the struggle, he says in that passage, O ye... Of little faith. You know what our problem is? Many times, our problem, my problem. You know, I spent too much time in 2018 worrying about things that I didn't need to worry about. You know that I did. I don't want to do that. I don't want to waste that that precious mental power in 2019 that could be used for the glory of God and what He would want me to do. Is that is that true? Would you guys agree with that? Worrying about too many things that if you look back on it, God took care of and God can't take care of. And so, hey, let's go forward saying, in faith, believing Him, in a renewed mind, thinking like the Lord, putting on that whole armor of God, putting on the helmet of salvation, which protects our mind, pulling up that, that shield of faith. He says, above all, doesn't he in that passage taking the shield of faith, whereby we can quench the fiery darts of the wicked? In the book of Romans, and go ahead and turn to Romans twelve. Romans, a uh, chapter twelve. The, the book of Romans is an is an awesome book, and that the first part of Romans is about salvation. It's, Matter of fact, let me back up a little bit. The first part of the book of Romans is about the whole world being lost and without God. Romans 1, 2, and 3. The heathen, the religious crowd. And then it's about salvation by grace through faith. It's about who we are in Christ. That's the next couple chapters of Romans. And then he begins, as Romans progresses, to talk about our sanctification. Um, about us putting on the character of Christ, God changing us and working us. And then the very end of Romans, and really starting in Romans chapter 12, he talks about Christian conduct. Um, so the first part is who we are because of Christ, salvation. The last part is what we do because of Christ, Christian conduct. Who we are in Christ, what we do don't get those don't get those confused either. Uh, who we are first in Christ, salvation by grace through faith, and then living for Him because of Him in us. Christian conduct it'll change the way uh, from the inside out. That's that renewed mind. I think it was a few weeks ago um, I, I mentioned in the book of Romans. It's like. Um, Paul the Apostle is presenting evidence to a jury, if you think of it that way. Paul the Apostle presenting evidence to a jury that salvation is by grace through faith. And you can follow his points of argument throughout the book of Romans by following the therefores. The therefores. There's multiple big therefores as you go through the book of Romans. And the therefores are, he'll have an argument, if this, therefore, then that. If this, then that. And that's what he does. It starts with, in chapter 1, 2, and 3, he starts with the whole world is condemned in sin. The pagans, because they chose to reject God in their mind, The religious crowd because they're trying to establish their own self-righteousness. Chapters 1, 2, and 3. And he then has a therefore in chapter 3, verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Then he goes on to say that uh, we are saved by grace through faith. Chapters 4 and chapters 5. He says, therefore, chapter 5, verse 1 being justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have access by faith into His grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope. So the therefore then is by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ um, we can have salvation and justification. Then he goes on to say a therefore of assurance. There is therefore, chapter 8 verse 1. There is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. So as you go through these arguments of, of being uh, in need of God and then receiving His salvation by grace through faith, now we're secure in God. Then, and I, I'm, I'm, I, wanna, I brought that back up because again, I think it's important when we talk about Christian conduct and our way of thinking... Uh, how we think, to have what I just covered in mind. That there was a time in each and every one of our lives was when we were lost and condemned. Amen. There was a time in each and every one of our lives, as we all have that in common, when we were all in need of God. And hopefully, for in this room this morning, there was a time for each and every one of us when we accepted that salvation by grace through faith. Amen. And then, now... Our line of thinking, our way of thinking, we know there's no condemnation to us because of Jesus Christ. We know that we're saved by grace through faith and because of Him, the hope that we have in Christ. Now there's another therefore. Chapter 12, verse 1. You know this passage, but look at it with me. Chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brother. There's the therefore. By the mercies of God, That you present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this. You know what will help our line of thinking? You know why so many of us struggle? It's because we're not surrendered. There's no struggle once you surrender. I mean, it should be. But you say, "Here, God, here's my body, mind, soul, spirit. I'm yours. I'm yours. You know where the struggle in the mind comes? My will and his will. Right. My will his will. A lot of times we're struggling over what we're not totally there yet, saying, God, thy will be done. Right? <laughs> is that true? He says, uh, present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world. But be transformed. That's from the inside out. Transformed. By the renewing of your what? Mind. That you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And this is the verse I want to get to. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think. I want you to just look at that. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think. Take note of that. But to think. Soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. We talked about the beginning of Romans as putting on that helmet of salvation. You know what the end of Romans is? Christian conduct. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Stand. Walk. Run. Run the race that was before us. We have to think right. How do we do that with a mind that's transformed? He says here, not to think. There's things that we ought not to think about. There's ways that we ought not to think of things. But then he says here, to think. And here's what's amazing. How are we to think? How is it that we are to think? He says, uh, 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 as God hath dealt to every man that measure of what? Faith. Faith. You know what our thoughts should be? In faith. Our thoughts should be of Him. We are saved by grace through faith. Is that true? Do you know how we're supposed to continue to live? To by grace through faith. Do you know how we're to continue to think? Faith-based, uh, in faith, by Him, because of Him. Uh, a couple chapters prior to this in Romans uh, chapter 8, and verse 7, he says the carnal man or the carnal mind is an enmity with God. In other words, there's a way of thinking that we would actually try to take our will over His will. And we try to put ourselves above Him or do those sort of things. And in that, that line of thinking, boy, there is such a struggle that will go on in our mind if we don't just surrender it to Him and then begin to be transformed by faith. Faith will transform our mind. It'll transform our way of thinking. Do you know I believe that there's a natural way of thinking? In the sense of and it can be affected by your your surroundings, what you read, the people that you're around, what you listen to, what you watch, your family, just your makeup of how you were born and, and, and raised, all that sort of thing. But then you can change, and that's a hard thing to do. It take the power of God to change the way of thinking, the groove, the line of thinking. Instead of thinking fear, you think faith. That's That's a massive transformation in our mind and in our way of thinking. But God can do it. Let's look at an example here. Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. To be transformed is to change one's nature, their, their disposition, a temperament, a, a new way of thinking, a new mind renewed in Christ. It's like grooves in our minds as we as we just allow ourselves. I don't know if you've ever just thought about what you think about. You know, but what you just let your mind wander on. Genesis chapter 15 Verse one the Bible says this after these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. That's a that's a good reward, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The Bible says in uh, Hebrews eleven that uh um, Oh, I just—I could quote it, and then I just quit. Uh, Hebrews eleven six, faith coming. Oh, it's impossible to please. Oh, come on. Without faith. Yes, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. He that cometh to God must believe that He is. Oh, that's good. That He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Who is our reward? What is our reward? He is our reward. He is our reward. He was a reward for Abraham. That was a good reward, wasn't it? And he can be our reward. He is our, he is our shield and, and our reward. And he goes on to say, And Abraham said, Lord God, what shall thou give me, seeing I go childless and the steward of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in mine house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thy name, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thy name. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward the heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Isn't that amazing? Isn't God amazing? Yes, yeah, I mean, just that right there. Abraham's worried about this, the small things. And it's a big thing to us. But God said, no, 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 Abraham. Don't worry about the one. Look at the stars. Yeah. He said, you're not gonna, you're you're worried about one, Abraham. I'm telling you about so many you can't number. As the stars of the sky and the sand of the seashore. God says, "Uh, Abraham, you're not thinking right. You're not thinking right, Abraham. I've got something in store for you here. And look at this. This is what changed everything for Abraham. And he believed in the Lord. And he counted it to him for righteousness. Do you know I've read that verse a lot of times? And I've just read over it, and I I know there's a lot of doctrinal things that you can take through it and all those sort of things. But just a couple weeks ago, a week ago, really what got this whole message started was one word in there, in that verse, that I just didn't see before, like I saw as the Lord spoke to me a week ago. He believed in the Lord. Didn't say that he believed the Lord. He said he believed in the Lord. You know what God was doing? God was telling Abraham about what was going to happen in his life. And to believe the Lord would have been to believe about him. But what he had to do for him to have a child at 100 years old, it's hard to believe in himself. Sometimes you know why we get discouraged? We don't believe in ourselves. Maybe that's okay. But don't ever stop believing in God. You know what Abraham said? You're telling me this, Lord. I can't do that. Sarah can't do that at 90. I can't do it at 100. I don't believe in myself. But I believe in you. You know, life sometimes has a way of knocking you down, beating you up to where you can't believe in yourself anymore. (laughs) But don't ever stop believing in God. Because if God's promised some things to you, and he has, this is full of promises to you. Read them. And believe in Him. Believe in the Lord. Believe in God. Look at Romans. Look at Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Paul later writes about this situation, this thing that I've played out between God and Abraham. Romans chapter 4. By the way, this is one of my favorite passages in Scripture Romans 4 16 through 22. Because I think it is by far the best definition of faith, uh, one of the best definitions of faith in the Scripture, Romans 4:16. Therefore, it is of faith that we might uh, that it might be by grace, to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him who believed even God. Who did Abraham believe? God. Who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope. Who against hope. You know what faith is? Faith really happens when you don't when it when it can't work, when you have no hope. And it says, "Who against hope believed in hope? Who did Abraham believe in? He believed in God. Right. If you've got God, you've got hope." That's right. He believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. And not weak, not being and being not weak in faith. Consider not his own body. Now dead. When he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Again, when God's telling him that he's going to have his own child from, from himself and from Sarah, and he doesn't even put himself in the equation of how that's going to work out, consider not himself, but just simply believe in God. I don't, I, I don't know what you're going through this morning and facing in 2019, But there is nothing too hard for God. There's nothing too hard for God. All the things that maybe you are putting in the equation to try to figure out how it's going to work out, it doesn't. Maybe doesn't even matter. Because if God's got it, then God's got it, and He'll take care of it. Believe in Him and His and help in Him. He said, "He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded." That what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Do you believe that? That what God has promised in his word. You know what he said? He believed in the Lord. He believed in God. Do you know if we believe in the Lord, if we believe in God, we'll believe his word. We'll believe what he says. We'll believe his promises. If you believe in a person, you believe in what they say. And so as we go forward in 2019, you know what we believe in? Him. We believe in God. Therefore, we get hope from His Word. And when His promises are true, and His promises are, are sure. Do you know God made some promises to Abraham's future, and, 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 and He brought it to pass? He brought it to pass. And here's what I'm trying to tell us. Uh, when you start thinking about your future, think right. Think faith-based. Think according to God's Word. Uh, Don't ever ever stop believing in Him. Don't ever stop believing. What about the present? You say, yeah, I I believe in for the future and and all these things, but I've got a problem today. I've I've got something that's overwhelming my mind today. Look at Acts chapter 26, and we'll close. Acts 26. Now the context here in the book of Acts is Paul the Apostle has um, been arrested and he's going to ultimately be killed for his preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, but he's going through all the the, uh, different uh, procedural things, and courts that he needed to go through, uh, by the way, according to God's plan. And he, along the way, ends up in front of King Agrippa. And Paul comes before King Agrippa... Bound in chains. And he stands there in verse 2 of chapter 26. This is how Paul begins to speak to King Agrippa. He says, I think myself happy. Sometimes you've got to think yourself happy. You say, how? Knowing that you're in God's will. Knowing that standing there and change. Do you know why Paul was happy? He says it. He says it. Because he was able to give me the answer to him that day, the rest of the earth. You know why Paul was happy? Because he was doing what God called him to do. You know when Paul the apostle was called uh, by God? He says, I, "I." He's a chosen vessel for me to bear my name be- before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. You know how Paul fulfilled God's will? He got to preach to some kings. It wasn't the way, maybe, that Paul thought originally that he was going to be able to preach the case. But it was in, front in chains. And I guarantee when he walked in that, that courtroom before the king that day, and all of a sudden, the head, I get to tell you about Jesus Christ. I get to preach the gospel to you. And he realized inside of himself that he was fulfilling God's call in his life. And that he's doing what God's called him to do. And all of a sudden, Paul the Apostle is filled with joy. He said, I think myself happy today. Why? Because I get to do what I was made to do. I get to tell you about the gospel, the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, King Agrippa. And when you read down through this whole chapter, chapter 26, Paul's bound up in chains and King Agrippa has all kinds of power and wealth and all kinds of stuff, but one was happier than the other. One had a lot more peace of mind than the other. One was thinking right and the other was not. Look at, look at the end of, uh, end of the, the chapter there in verse 27. So Paul gives, Paul gives him the gospel. How did Paul give King Agrippa the gospel? He told him his testimony. He told him how he accepted Christ and how he came to Christ. And at the end of it, verse 27, the Bible says, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. I, can, you, can you feel the passion of the apostle's message here? He says, after he gets done telling him his testimony, after he gets done preaching the gospel to him, he says, he looks right at King Agrippa, and he says, do you believe the prophets? In other words, he's saying, do you believe the Bible? Do you believe God's word, King Agrippa? I know that you believe. I mean, he's trying to get him to. He, he's trying to persuade, persuade him to believe. He says, I know you believe, right? King Agrippa, you believe this, right? You're going to believe in God. Agrippa said unto Paul, verse 28, Almost, Amen. almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Again, some of the saddest words in all the scripture. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. You know what happened? The God of this world continued to blind his, his mind so that he couldn't see that light, the glorious gospel come in. And you know what Paul said? Verse 29, I would to God... That not only thou, but also all that, that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am except for these bonds. This right here, this passage, gives great hope that no matter what you go through, you can have the right way of thinking in the present. If you, you say, what do you mean? Paul's bound up and changed, but he's the, he's the only one there happy. He's the one with He's the one with the clear thinking. He's the one that had, had his mind right. Why? Because he was believing in God. Right? He was believing by faith that he was fulfilling what God had called him to do. And as we close, as we go forward, one day at a time, today, tomorrow, let's get our thinking right. Let us, in the present, believe in God. Let us, for the future, believe in God by faith. Jesus said this, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. That simple message. If we believe God, believe also in Christ. And if we believe him, we'll believe his word. We'll believe his promises. And we can go forward with that clear thinking, faith-based thinking. Thinking like Christ. Thinking like his word. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website, or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.